Welcome to the Happy Kids Podcast, produced by the Better Living Institute and sponsored by AppJudo for your software needs, Bulletpad for writing lists on your iPad, and also sponsored by our listeners. That's folks like you. We're Kira and Bill Van Ittersom, and welcome to today's show. Hi, everyone. Today's show is music to our ears. Right. We're going to be talking about providing opportunity for growth in a really fun way. We have two really accomplished sons, and people are always asking us how they got that way. And the only thing we can think of is that we just gave them opportunities. Now, we're not wealthy people, and we certainly weren't wealthy when our children were small, but we did provide them with a rich environment for learning. Fun can happen. In fact, it actually explodes in a rich environment. Today, we want to tell you about how music happens when you provide tools for music exploration and musical experimentation. We discovered this because (laughs) we had a few things that we had placed on the shelf in our grandchildren's room. We have a room in our home that we keep things in there for the kids to play. Now, just as an aside, many of these toys were provided for our own two sons when they were six, seven, eight, nine, ten years old even. So these toys are pretty old, (laughs) but they're still in great working shape. And we have taken care of them over the years. Now they're getting a second life with our three grandkids. Absolutely. All they needed was a little bath. We have a lot of store-bought toys, and these are actually toys. They're not real, what you'd call musical instruments, but hey, they make music. We have two toy electric guitars, and those were in our home. Our kids had them, Bill, you want to demonstrate? So it plays can music, and it so it plays can music, but it also plays strummable. And these are little bitty toys. We'll take pictures of them so they'll be up on the website for you to see. <laughs> Again, our grandkids are four, seven, and nine, so it's a perfect age for just experimenting. And they've been playing with these for several years, so. It's been a lot of fun working with this side of the music. Another thing that they have is plastic whistles. And they have two sets of plastic wind instruments. And these are instruments that, Bill, as Bill has said, we had when our children were younger. Um, (laughs) Inside, there are horns and sliders and and whistles and these little curly cube-bended pieces and you can sort of put an instrument together in various different ways. So they Show can them the really... horn, Kara. It's got little flute openings like. <laughs> and they also have plastic bongos and they have a couple of plastic drums. They have a rain stick and... Those are all things that were bought at the store. Now, we have some ancient instruments. When I say ancient, I mean that they're folk-type instruments. Some are from Africa, some are from the islands, and we've gotten these different places over the years. There's a a shaker, and it's sort of like um, a gourd, but it's actually um, uh, made out of uh, turning some wood. And then 
is this is shells on uh, little strings that are attached to the top of a piece of bamboo. And this is the uh, gourd with the little beads on it and beads inside of it. This is a different shape of object. It's actually made out of plastic, but it simulates shells. Then here's, here's uh, one that would simulate, you know, an animal sound, perhaps even a snake rattle. So you can imagine when you get three kids marching through the living room and into the dining room and into the kitchen and back around. <laughs> and one's that got the drums and the other two are doing some kind of a horn and then they might put the horn down and grab the guitar and walk around. Oh, they get very orchestrated about it. They come back in the bedroom. Each of them chooses something and they decide what they're going to do. And then they come marching out and they march through the house to perform for everybody. They go into the kitchen and they go around the island in the kitchen and they turn around and they come back to the bedroom. So they've got this big trip planned. And it's really quite cute. They look like a marching band. They're marching like one following the other around the house. Here's what you hear when they're coming. And, of course, we always applaud. <laughs> they have a great time. <laughs> now, suffice to say that Grandpa and Grandma are not always ready for the band, okay? <laughs> and there are times when we ask the band to disappear back into the playroom. <laughs> we need to take a quick little break here for a word from our sponsor. Time to thank one of our sponsors. Today's show is sponsored by BulletPad the fun and intuitive app for writing outlines and organizing your thoughts on your iPad. With BulletPad, you can quickly create a hierarchical list of bullet points, giving structure to your great ideas. BulletPad is an outstanding tool for writers, thinkers, and folks like you. Begin organizing today. Get BulletPad for free. Just go to the App Store on your iPad and search for BulletPad. And we're back. We thought that maybe we'd also share some of the things that people use at home to make instruments out of. And our kids have quite just naturally started doing this. The grandkids get out tin cans. I have several tin cans that I've given them from coffee. I also have Or from given baked them. beans, <laughs> the, the large size can of baked beans. Right. Which is, of course, smaller than a coffee can. But And they'll also find boxes. And sometimes there are cardboard boxes, like a shoe box. Sometimes it's some other size box that they have. And they tend to stretch rubber bands around them. These are things that they just cleverly came up with on their own. And what we have done is really just provide the opportunity. We have these things available to them. They know where to find the objects. They have sticks. They have bottles. They have all kinds of, like, they get my dressing bottles that are empty whenever I'm throwing things out to be recycled. This is um, like salad dressing, <laughs> is what Kara's talking about. I'll empty cans and things, and they'll be on the end of the counter, and the kids will come along, and those things disappear into their bedroom, and now they're playing with them, and they're making things out of them. They have tubes, like toilet paper tubes, as well as the paper towel tubes that are longer, and they just glue things onto the end of them. Sometimes they'll put construction paper on the end, and they'll roll a rubber band around it, and then they put things inside of it and jiggle it around, <laughs> and they make their own instruments this way. 
So they're very clever. And children, given the opportunity, if you just give them the objects, they themselves will invent many things on their own, things I never would have imagined that they would do. They have the done. girls love to use glue, and we have a lot of the white glue available in small tubes, and they know where it is on the shelf so they can use it, and they know how to use it without getting a mess all over. Our grandson, the nine-year-old, loves tape. He <laughs> loves to tape everything together. In fact, it's so funny because at Christmas in his stocking, he got five rolls of tape. <laughs> <laughs> and we laughed about that because always in my office, my tape dispenser will be missing and I'll wonder where it is. And sure enough, I'll run around and there he is with it doing some project. And he'll do the same thing with Papa. He steals his tape as well. So, And it was the other set of grandparents that got him that tape for Christmas. <laughs> so, so we knew that this was something he's, he's doing everywhere doing he goes. doing it over there at their house, too. <laughs> <laughs> but he'll tape things onto those tubes. Kira's talking about uh, paper towel roll tubes, and they're longer. And he'll tape different objects on them, or he'll put a piece of paper across the end, and he'll tape it down to cover it. And then there'll be little beads inside that they can shake and make noise with and fool around with. Now, they don't do the music every day that they're here. But when they get into a mood and when they get into just a certain energy level, bang, they really want to do the music. <laughs> <laughs> and all of them by nature love to dance. Children love to move. They love the marching thing. They, get, they march through the house. They love to move. And they love to also entertain. They are like natural entertainers. It seems like this is what children like to do. They really do like being in the limelight and like displaying the things that they've created, which is really wonderful. Now, before Christmas, we were working on cleaning things up and rearranging things, and Kara came across our old Casio keyboard. Now, this is, I don't know, professional people consider a toy, <laughs> maybe worse than a toy. It's probably got about 50 keys or something, nowhere near, you know, an 88 key keyboard or even a professional one is just a standard electronic keyboard with a few voices and it's powered by either batteries or a little wall wart. So it was no great shakes, but she got it out and we were looking at it and we decided to do something about it. <laughs> <laughs> right. We need to take a break for just a moment. We want to thank another sponsor and we'll continue the keyboard story. Also sponsoring our show today is AppJudo, your complete web and mobile application development service. AppJudo uses the best technologies and computer science principles to build attractive and intuitive user interfaces that your customers will easily understand and love to use. Whether you want to design and build a new app or refactor and redesign an existing app, AppJudo can help make your project a success. Visit AppJudo today at www.appjudo.com. Okay, we're back, and Kira is going to talk about how she put this all together. We're going to have a picture on our website of it, <laughs> and it is so cute. Well, you know, our kids got this, actually. I believe your father bought it for them or something when they were really small, and they didn't ever really get that interested in it. I mean, I took it out, and I tried to get them interested in it, our kids were already exposed in school, and they were taking lessons on the saxophone and various different things, and one of them had a xylophone that he loved to play. The keyboard just wasn't something they got that interested in, so I sort of had adopted it and used it for my own musical little pieces when I'd be writing songs and so forth. 
It was easy to carry around if I wanted to take it with me someplace, but it really isn't a huge keyboard. I had it in my closet, and it's been up in the top of my closet forever, so there it was, and I just felt inspired this Christmas. I thought, oh, that would be great. I think I'm going to take that out of my closet. So I really didn't tell anyone. I just went on Amazon, and I ordered a little seat to go with it, and I ordered a little stand to hold the keyboard on, and then I positioned it right in front of the door, like right in the foyer as you're walking into the house. So you have to trip over it if you come in the house. You can't avoid it. You cannot miss it. And I knew that would be the impression. And it really was a hit. As soon as they saw it, they just went crazy. All of them wanted to sit down and play it. It was really fun for them. So now there it is. See, it's And it's right off the living room. So it's not hidden away. It's not stuck back in the playroom. It can't really be damaged because, you know, if someone's playing it, we know they're playing it. And we make sure they're not hitting it with a hammer or some other toy. But at the same time, it cannot be missed. Every time they come in, they see it. And when they're kind of bored with other things, they do some reading and then they get bored. And then the next time we know, they're turning it on and they're plunking away. And another thing that we did, and Bill actually thought of this, is he put headphones there and he plugged them in. He said, okay. If we don't want to listen, if we're doing something else, you can still play with us. <laughs> so sometimes one will go over there, put the headphones on, sit down, start plunking away, you know, and it's really wonderful. And I do have the opportunity to teach them some things about music, about the various keys. And one day they were playing and I started playing Joy to the World on the keyboard. And I taught my little granddaughter, look, it's very easy. These are the only keys. It's like it's one octave long backwards. And so she started playing it, and she just got so excited that she could play it. So she sat there, I think, for an hour trying to play different variations of Joy to the World. <laughs> and it was just so incredible to watch that. She's seven years old. I thought that really is how music gets started. It's just an inspiring thing, and everyone has it within us so that it comes out in various ways. And that's the experience that we've had with our grandchildren, watching them enjoy noise. Another day, it was our four-year-old, and Kira taught her how to play Silent Night. (laughs) That was so much fun. So they are having fun with the keyboard. We just wanted to share this story with you because it is so easy to do, and it's something that all of you can gain inspiration from. You just get together with the children and have some fun with music. And let them be free. That's one thing, because I know when I was growing up, there was this pressure to get these lessons and take these lessons, and it was drudgery. (laughs) I'm sorry, but the most fun instrument that I ever had was my kazoo. (laughs) (laughs) But it was kind of pushed too hard, and I think I kind of backed off from it and rebelled. So what we're doing is just when the mood strikes, let them play their horns and walk through the house or let them pluck on the piano. And they have a wonderful time doing it. So that's our show for today. Bill and I want to thank you again for listening to the Happy Kids Podcast. To subscribe to our show, go to iTunes Podcast and look for Better Living Institute Happy Kids Podcast. There you'll also find all the podcasts produced by the Better Living Institute, the Book Talk Podcast, the Healthy Tips Podcast, the Love Stories Podcast, the Happiness Experience, and of course, Happy Kids Podcast. At the Better Living Institute, we're creating health, wealth, and happiness, one loving conversation at a time. You can also find our podcast and view all of the great stories 
photos, and links that we post by visiting our website at www.betterlivinginstitute.com. While there, please go to our contact page and leave us a comment. Kira and I encourage you to send us some feedback. You can also like and message us on Facebook. Just go to www.facebook.com forward slash Better Living Institute. In addition, our email address is feedback at betterlivinginstitute.com. We hope you'll listen again next time and remember to share our show with your friends and family. This is Kieran Bill Van Ittersom for the Better Living Institute saying so long for now, everyone. Thank you.